It's very nice to see everybody today. But the truth be, I can't see any of you. I'm just talking to you. But it's nice to be with you today. You see, I'm in a lot better of a mood than I was last week. Well, I wonder why that is. I wish I knew. Exactly. Um, it is the rewatch of Batman Begins. It's the Nolan trilogy. I knew this movie was good. But after watching what we watched last week, when it's like someone just took a bucket of farts in a jar and put it under your nose, and then you just get like your, your favorite food, and you're never, you're never full. You just keep eating because you want more and more and more. That's what this movie is. Spitting, spitting knowledge today. Am I? No. But look, here's what you need to do. You got to subscribe. You got to show a little class. Just announce. That's all we're asking for here. And still my favorite comment I've ever gotten. How dare you tell people to show some class. Go fuck yourself is what the guy said to me. And what I say to him, show a little class, will you? All right. Subscribe. Hit the notification button. It is the big thing rewatch of Batman Begins. Let's do it. What's up, everybody? I forgot to tell you. If you're not at the Patreon yet, you like these rewatches? People like these rewatches. We're doing one exclusive one a month on the Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash SEN live thing. Everybody who's waiting for me to watch the thing. Well, you want to see a, a full discussion with myself and Darina. You can go on over there now. It's up now. Um, the review of that will be up on the channel also. But the Patreon has so much great stuff. We're going to do one live episode, whether it's Sith Council or Big Thing. It'll be a bonus episode. SEN live is three episodes a month. Um, which is great. There's a lot of great stuff over there. And don't forget, you like these shows. People like people tell me that they were on a they were listening to the Batman and Robin. They're like, well, why didn't I get this on podcast? Why didn't I get this on podcast? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Um, and now you got it on podcast. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. And that's how you do it. Go and get us on Apple Podcasts. We don't do donations here. We don't do stream yard or or super chat or any of that. We just rely on you guys listening to this show. All right. No more of this. It's very nice to see everybody. By the way, rest in peace to Pio Mai in the background there. Just recently passed away. I love Pio Mai. I didn't get a chance to, to mention that. All right. Let's do this, everybody. Let's bring in my cohorts, Winston A. Marshall. Koi Jandrew. How do you like that fan art on the way? And I got to give that Dude, guy that was fire. That was fire. I got to give Absolute that. Absolute fire. Find the Look at that. It's really good. It looks Feel good. the love. It's really good. Uh-huh. I like that. Um, what I like about it is that this we get to debut this fan art poster next to a real piece of art. What? what look, I'll tell you what about this movie. I always liked it. I always liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. This movie is incredible. How good it's it is. phenomenal. It's you're you're getting peak christopher nolan when he like couldn't miss and you're talking about these i mean dark knight rises we'll have a conversation but you had these you had uh uh what inception um he had just come off the prestige i believe like homie did not huh prestige might have been after but either way it's in the same range it's in the same range yeah oh man it's so good so again, if you forget, he did Memento and uh, Insomnia and all those and these movies that he had done. And the fact that we mentioned it briefly on Batman and Robin, um, but had it not been for Batman and Robin, you don't get this movie because that movie just 
sunk basically sunk it it is such night and day when you look at that movie after watching it last week coy to this the lore i mean like everything about it is just it's the it's, other I mean, side of bat fandom like yeah. we often talk about how there's people that want the camp and there's people that want the dark knight and this is the other side we we went further and further from the glory that is the darkness of batman with each film like they even the second tim burton got campier because it was more burton than goth like goth yes. Burton's got his own goth, but it's a little campier than, you know, the traditional. So as they progressed, they got further and further from what I consider the source material. Everyone's got their own take. But to me, this was, hey, this so didn't work. We're going to scrap 100% of the tone. We're going to go as grounded as possible. Everything in this film gets its own origin. I love that we get the cowl origins. I love that we get the Batmobile with a plausible yeah. origin. I love that. I love that Bruce Wayne's coat has an arc. There's so I, much more integrity to the writing of the script than there is in anything else. And without oh, this, we don't get the mark. MCU. Like, you know what I mean? It's a beautiful thing. No, you're right, man. Uh, that's 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 the thing is I don't know how much, and I'll let you guys speak on this because you guys are the comic book experts, but I don't know how much actually plays into the real lore of the comic books, how much they you know took a, a liberty with and all that. But like I did, they said they were going to take a more grounded approach to this, and they certainly do. And what I like about it is the, the evolution of, uh, this is the first movie after watching all the ones that we just watched beforehand. This is the first one that really focuses in on Bruce and Batman. This mm -hmm. is about Batman. All the other movies are about the villain with Batman and Bruce Wayne happen to be in there and they have a, they have a purpose. But for the most part, it's about the villains, right? This is mm -hmm. about Bruce Wayne, Batman, his his demons, everything about it. And you see him as this kid that wants revenge. He he is just devastated by the loss of his parents. He had he's had this fear in him before his parents died, the stuff with the bats. He feels guilty because his parents died, the way that they set that up with the theater. And then ultimately who he becomes and why he goes out. And I love the scene where he gives the jacket to the to the homeless guy and then he just runs to the boat and leaves. It's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. I I I mean to answer some of those questions, um, it's pretty spot on with liberties taken so like for example the big thing is that they were at a, typically at a movie seeing uh they're seeing zoro versus zoro. the opera seeing, right zoro versus the opera uh they're not leaving because bruce is scared typically they're leaving after like it was a grand old time bruce was happy the family was together and bam dead so i loved for narrative purposes making it that because bruce was afraid the the the, the central theme of this entire film being about fear and overcoming your fears uh perfect for a scarecrow movie obviously and a great for uh, a paternal thomas wayne exactly yes. exactly but but then you get exactly that bruce is blaming himself for his parents death and you can't necessarily justify that in any other telling of his origin because it was really just ha happenstance you set this up where if bruce had not been so damn scared of bats his parents would be alive in his mind like he has to exercise that demon right and, and, and I love. I was just gonna say I love that, like you mentioned, the Scarecrow. This first one's about fear, and all of the villains are about fear. Like Falcone yep. is running the town on intimidation. Razal yep. Ghul yep. uses theatricality and mysticism and the shadows to be his fear agent, and then Scarecrow is about overt fear. So not only does this movie have as many villains as Batman and Robin, and somehow makes that work, it also has more time with Bruce Wayne and makes it work. But also all the villains tie together in a logical, central way. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot going on. But at no point does it feel bloated, and it doesn't ever feel too slow or too fast. I think one of the best things about this movie is the pacing, because once this movie goes, it never lets go of you. Right. But at no yeah. point, because of the nonlinear origin, I love the nonlinear storytelling with the origin. Because of that, you never feel like you're bogged down in any one timeline of the film. No, you don't. You don't, and it feels and it's it is it's set up really well. They set up all the characters. It feels like a really long 
great episode of television also in and what i mean and, and that's and i don't mean as far as the look it's obviously a beautiful film but i mean as far as the way that television today the way that it's, it's it can be crafted you as coy said you could have a lot of villains inside of it but it doesn't overtake it it doesn't focus too much on one particular villain um and so i really enjoyed that a couple of th- i mean a few of the things I always in the, I think it's the third one. People always talk about some of the holes where how how Bruce is able to get in when the whole thing's locked down and all that. There's stuff in here too, guys. There's stuff in here too. Like for example, Gotham might be the stupidest people in the world because no one's seen Bruce Wayne for seven years or eight years. <laughs> comes back and then Batman shows up and no one puts it together. It's like and then he's got this expensive tank and expensive. No one puts it together. That's- it's it, it well it's the same thing with the whole superman clark kent like glasses thing like you really you know, gotta let some like, things like you, you, you gotta let some stuff go it's like oh. it, when everybody's like where does he get all those fabulous toys he must be rich why is your first thought not he's rich he just, or like what what did, what, did, what what was the my favorite rush hour line for rush hour two follow the rich white man follow the rich white man yes follow the rich white man i you man like yeah you let it go and by the way i also push back against people and winston you might be one of these people who say that uh that that bale is not a great bruce wayne did you, did you say that oh no he's no, no, no such that's a good bruce I, wayne no okay, no no that's not that. it's not it's not no i just said that as far as like straight look Clooney's got it down. Okay, look wise, look wise. Okay, that's but, fine. Um, as far as but he's the only one to play three characters. He plays I mean, Bruce though. Wayne. He plays the Bruce Wayne, and he plays Batman. I, I think of I, all the Batman, he's the only one that gets all three. Yeah, characters right now. I would argue that I think he's the best Bruce Wayne as far as how yeah. he. I mean, how he's actually put together and the stuff that he's going through. He's the he's the one because even Michael Keaton, who you love him because of, of of just his pure um, charisma, but like Bale has so much because it's the writing the writing is better with yeah. this batman or this bruce wayne because it, the stuff that's set up and how he's trained because there's always that question how does he know how to kick ass so well well this tells you he was already tough he was already tough and he could fight and because his anger was taking him through and liam neeson by the way very underrated as a villain in general and we forget because when you rewatch this now this is liam neeson pre-taken all right and i just watched this fart box of a movie blacklight Ooh, uh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's no. bad it's bad but it's liam neeson you know so he's he's always yeah. he's still he's like 70 years old and he's still kicking people in the face. <laughs> but but this is but when you watch them fight on the train at the end you're like oh wow watch bell fighting now liam neeson who is who is just revitalized himself but this is a great role i think a very underrated razal ghoul the way that it's set up and he really it's that thanos thing too his he truly believes in his mission He's not just one of these evil mustache twirling villains. He believes that Gotham is so far gone in crime and corruption that there's no way around it. And he wanted Bruce on his side. Instead, Bruce turned to the other side. And it's it's you understand why he's doing what he's doing, even though you don't agree with him. Yeah, and and it's for anybody uh, for anybody that's familiar with uh, you know the League of Shadows, uh, you know, and what races whole unit is all about is like that's it they go around the world and they find the most corrupt empires cities whatever and they just devastate them because they feel like you need a big purge like that for so, centuries for centuries like they're literally being behind all of that so even to get into a little bit of that history it's very clear that nolan is a fan and did his homework and fully understood the assignment from top to bottom uh as far as 
making Gotham a character, making like making sure oh, all yeah. the villains are flushed out. Like the one thing that I guess we really can't get away from. Once again, Bruce is out here just telling the woman he loves that he's Batman. But I guess that I like how he did it there in this one. But I like how he did it in this it one. Smooth. That, it was smooth. That goes to my other side here. I, I'm split on this, Corey, and I want to see where you where you lie in this, right? Um, uh, Katie Holmes is is a one. I'm sure a wonderful person. She she is she's terribly miscast in this role. Um, there there are times when she's talking to to Christian Bale, and I'm just like, you just see two different types of actors, right? And and she and she's was great in and Dawson's Creek and all that type of stuff that she was on, you know, and she's likable, but it's just you can't compare when it comes to skill. However. I will say this, and as much as I like Maggie Gyllenhaal, I always get thrown off when they throw somebody else into the role in the next yeah. movie. I don't know why she was. I don't know what happened. Maybe they thought she wasn't good. Maybe she wasn't available. Maybe all the Tom Cruise said, "No, no, you're not allowed of the house this week." Um, oh and my he, god! <laughs> you know that was a weird relationship. <laughs> but 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 you well, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Um, what did you think about Katie Holmes overall in this? So on rewatch, I liked her better than I used to. It used to bother me more. I think I've kind of like digested and accepted it. It is very tricky because there's a certain nest to Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson, Christian Bale. There's a certain, uh, I don't know, seasoned theatricality. There's something very like grandiose about yeah. their acting. Okay. And that doesn't dis, you know, besmirch Katie Holmes's. But no. Katie Holmes' acting does feel like it's in a different movie throughout the film. Right. And it's funny because when they were advertising this movie, it was when superhero movies were not regarded well. So it was actually like a Nickelback song over a rom-com. Wow. Like one of the trailers yeah, for this yeah, is literally a rom-com. And they made it a it Katie Holmes bad. film. They wow. advertised it as Katie really? Holmes loves Batman. Yes, they did. And mm -hmm. like, wow. so I get why they, they cast her because sure. they're appealing to that market sure. at the time. I think the reason Maggie Gyllenhaal replaced her is because they realized they wanted everyone to be at that different like style of acting. And so they just made it like Maggie Gyllenhaal is that style of acting. So they were just like, okay, we didn't, we didn't have this. Now we do. It is weird, but I think that's why they did it. And and I honestly, I prefer Maggie Gyllenhaal in the, in the role. So well, here's a quote. Katie Holmes didn't come back for the dark night because of her packed schedule. According to business insider, Nolan really wanted her to come back and was ultimately quite upset when it didn't work hmm. out. I mean, I personally, I get, I get what you're saying, Coy. As far as the style that they deliver, I personally thought that between the two of them, that Katie was a little better um, between her and Maggie. Um, so I like that's the one for me. The one thing about the Dark Knight when we get to that next week um, that throws me off. I guess I buy know, Maggie more as a DA yeah. is my thing. Like I buy totally. Katie Holmes as a love interest, but I buy Maggie as a DA. Ding ding sure. ding. Thinking. And that's more important than the love interest part. I agree. And like, had Maggie Gyllenhaal been cast first, it would have been less jarring for me because I think she's great in the role in this in the second one. But it, there, there is a line when she's with Joffrey and she's running around with Joffrey, and <laughs> and she and she says, um, "I love the yeah, dude. That's Joffrey. That's little Joffrey, dude. That's dude, little the Joffrey. little kid that's scared. She's trying to protect with the gun. That's Joffrey. Yeah, the one yeah. he gives the thing. That's Joffrey." That's why his what? face looks just like Joffrey. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't catch. It. I was just like, yo, who this little boy? I mean, he out here. He plays scared really well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's. I don't. We were just talking about because I just we, we just interviewed um, uh, Freddie Stroma for for Peacemaker, and I had told Winston that he's well, he's British, and we we're joking around like it seems like you know all all, all the all the Brits getting the, the great roles, and um and it looks like um I think and I don't know I think that Joffrey is British because he's and he is. 
young kid nailing that that, that accent and to bail as bill as well so um Bale, Bale's well she's got this awesome jolliness to him well, yeah, christian bale's well, got this like yeah, yeah he christian does. bale's but, the opposite of bruce way yeah well he's not from kansas city um and he so he but anyway he i think bale does such a great job overall and get over the some of the, sometimes the voice you know when he was talking to there was one line where he's talking to gary oldman which we should get into after and nothing against Pat Hingle. Pat Hingle was a was a wonderful Commissioner Gordon, but by the end of you know that last movie, he's like, "Come on, give me a kiss." To Poison Ivy and to to this, this we don't give no one gives Gordon credit. Without Gordon, Batman loses. He blows up the bridge, and he yeah. does he doesn't do it. And just one was sorry, like that's okay, that's all right. No no goofy lines like, "Oh, that's gonna hurt in the morning," you know, like none of that stuff is more. He he blows up the bridge. He gets excited. He's like, "Yes." And and like oh the comedy in this is so moment. strong like that's yeah. one of the strengths of the film is Christian Bale's uh you know the the uh double life night jokes the, the there's little subtle jokes that are in universe canon that Bruce Wayne would have somewhat of a sense of humor Batman wouldn't and you react funny? to Batman for humor not at Batman like about Batman like there's yeah. so yeah. much great comedy here yeah. well I, I, like you even said bringing up Gordon like that in in the first place. I think where for me the show Gotham would like missed a little bit is the fact that like I love me some Gordon, but not enough that like I want to just focus on that and not Batman. But there is a symbiotic relationship with Commissioner Gordon where he's not just the all right, here's your mission today, Batman, where he's like actually a cop trying to get all of the corruption out of the GCPD. His hands are tied. That partner exactly. Yes, his hands are tied. He doesn't have. He's he's he wants to. He says as much. He's like, what can I do everywhere? The scene where he won't take money, but he won't rat out dirty cops. That is Gordon. I love that scene. He's like, I can't. He's like, well, what can I do? No matter what I try. He's like, even if I wanted to, I couldn't tell anybody. Nobody's gonna listen. And then when he when Batman comes in and puts a stapler to his head, and he's just like, he's like, what do you think? And then later on, he says to him, I think you're trying to help. And he he knows he understands like it's that it's that whole relationship that we always knew why Gordon and Batman had this strong relationship. You saw the formation of that and you see the formation of it. And the reason why he likes him so much is because of how kind he is to him after his parents die. And he gives him the jacket and he's he takes care of him. And and it's like he's like this pseudo father figure kind of although Alfred really serves. I I was going to say kind of like an uncle like that. That's the one thing that that Gordon that Gordon always read to me is like an uncle to Bruce in that regard. And, you know, obviously he doesn't know at first that that well, bruce is batman but eventually when he connects the dots in different mediums you know you can kind of see it where he's like i get it like this this little boy that i took care of like i mean he's a grown-ass man and he's doing what needs to be done so i think this movie does the father figure thing really well because you've got a father figure in liam neeson when he's an adolescent when he's yes. full of rage yes. you've got the father figure in alfred but he's disappointed in him because he doesn't like the way he's turning out so he's got to prove himself mm-hmm. to alfred and the father figure in Alfred is proving about the worth of family, about all the things about Wayne Manor, all the things about the Wayne name, all the integrity of being Wayne. You've also got the father figure in uh, Commissioner Gordon in that in that more uncle sense, but in that like, this is right and wrong. These are all the things to do. So you've got all of these great dynamics with a very young, impressionable Bruce Wayne at different stages in his adolescence and in different levels of power and Batmanhood. Um, actually, Coy, it's Sergeant Gordon. But oh, thank excuse you me, he's playing. not yet commissioner. Thank, until thank after... you for thank you for That's playing. Right. Loeb is still That's alive. Right. That's right. What hey, when Coy, we face each other in the schmodown, Winston? When we... <laughs> Coy, why why did you think that he was the commissioner? Already? I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> also, we haven't talked about. I think the MVP of this movie that doesn't get enough credit. Morgan Freeman. I was just gonna say. Well, that's my that was my next question. My next question is: 
So Lucius Fox, character yeah. in the comics or made up? Character in the comics. Real he's, real he's a tech Alfred. Okay, okay. Because I, I didn't, I again, I'm not, I'm not, I am not. That's why I have these two gentlemen here. I don't know enough about it. All I know is Morgan Freeman fits this role tremendously. And you knew from the beginning when Ruck and Rutger Howard, oh man, when Rutger Howard was in this also. Um, but, but Rutger Howard is tell, I, you knew something was up when he tells Bruce, I'm sorry, I know you're back and everything, but, um, but we're making the company public. How do you feel about that? And he's like, oh, that's cool, but I just want a job. And he's like, oh, he's not going to bother me. Cool. All right. Yeah. You know that Bruce has something um, in his sleeve, you know, and and by an RIP to the great Rutger Hauer, by the way. But um, but, um, you know, but Bruce has something in his sleeve at the very end when he puts Lucius Fox in there and he's like, yeah, when public, he's like, what are you talking about? When public He's like, yeah, I bought all a majority of the shares. So peace out, mother. F. And That's there, the there's, so, the there's so many great callback lines like the, the yeah. it's very complicated. You didn't, didn't get the memo. Get the memo. <laughs> So it's, it, was, it was great and and i love lucius fox and i love the and i even even when he says like the way i look at it man this is all yours do whatever you want to do with it i don't care so i'm not gonna he's like just don't I, consider I don't, me a fool there's yes. so much good dialogue yes. he's like, like come on and it, spelunking and, yes yeah <laughs> and, when, and when and and bruce is like all right all right you're yeah, you're in on it that's cool um and and i and i thought that the stuff that they used with uh, the way they use scarecrow and the toxins and the way that they, they played that at the end even though it's hilarious when he gets shot in the face with the because with he's a dude like i love that scarecrow has this great arc building up to like that scary the flames coming out and the, the like maggots and all that stuff but he's still a dude so he gets tased and squeals running away like it's amazing hilarious when he's like it's, it's just like ah, i also think that's a strength of this trilogy is that scarecrow's in all three of them and he has a chance to have this arc whereas marvel kills their villains too quickly i like that scarecrow is this constant like underpinning force i also like that like killian murphy was one of the top four choices for bruce wayne wow. and then christian bale got it because he's got a foot on him and the build but like yeah, he's yeah. way more batman but um chris nolan was so impressed with killian murphy he gave him the scarecrow part like, i love that he did um there were a few guarantees uh, in general when you when you knew that this was coming you knew that you said okay well it, it, it if you're when you see the trailer whether you see that romantic comedy trailer or not you guarantee that you're going to get a more a darker batman you guarantee that you're going to get really good performances and there's a lot of guarantees in life there's a guarantee that the cowboys are not in the super bowl uh and there's also draft kings draft kings ladies and gentlemen the big game it is here the big game is here it is the moment we've been waiting for since september it is finally here uh, Winston uh, is is going to be a little upset because he is not going to be able to root for the Cowboys because, as I said, it's a guarantee they are not here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. You bet $5 and you get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet for almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers get a free shot at a $1 million top prize in their first deposit. Here's how you do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code BIGTHING. Get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That is promo code BIGTHING at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, Super Bowl 56, 21 and older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. If you have a gambling problem, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. 
in New York, call 8778 Hope New York or text Hope NY 467 369. All right, let's get back to it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get back to it. All right, here we go. How's it going, Winston? You all right? I'm chilling. I, you know, I'm just looking over here. There, there's a, a bin of, did you, did you guys ever do mess with the Disney Infinity or whatever it was? What's that? No, oh, back. What is that? Before the it was, it was like a video game thing where they had the little figurines oh, and all yes, that. Yes, yes, I, I do remember that. Yes. I have a whole bunch of them that I got from when I covered Civil War that I never oh. opened, and I should. I, I don't know. I was trying to see if the, the, once you start talking trash about the Cowboys, I tuned out and was like, yes, let me sir. see start if I can make any money off of the. Well, if I can make money off them, I don't. I don't need oh, them. Look at well, that's yeah. nice. Um, you know what was, was something else I was gonna say about um oh, shoot I had it I forgot what it was darkness trailer I was gonna talk about the bat suit because I think this bat suit even though we can't turn his head might be better than the dark knight bat suit to talk yeah. about like comparisons I like the look of this suit a lot I do too and I wonder when you and I wonder because everyone you talk to whether it was Val Kilmer Keaton Clooney all said that that suit that they had was they couldn't even move in it right? they yeah I wonder I wonder how Bale felt about it. You well, know, that was a big thing for the second one is he wanted to come back. He loved doing it, but he really wanted Batman to feel like he could fight and move. And you could tell in some of the fights he's throwing long. Yeah. He's throwing haymakers because his elbows don't bend. Like he's right, doing fight right. things in the suit. Whereas I do think that Pattinson's suit might be the best of all worlds. Uh, versatility, mobility, brutality. Yeah. It looks like, you know, a marksman suit. It looks like it can protect you. But I do feel like this is a great step from Kilmer and bat nipples to where we land now. Like I think this bat, I I like this bat suit a little bit more than night. To be honest, can I can I can I have my one gripe uh, about this film that I think gets me is stealth mode on the Batmobile, which literally does, he just turned his lights off for a second, and they go, huh? Where did he go? He doesn't have lights anymore. And then he goes, there, there he is. is. And then the lights turn back on and he takes but that's, off. That's, but that's the same. That's the same as like, you know, as the same before with, tri- <laughs> with you got to let certain things go, right? Because that scene in general, that scene is awesome. That that's chase awesome. is amazing. Other than the lights off scene. Yeah, Un- but like, it, it's an intense chase. It is. Years later. And Can under you at least by the way, describe under- it. Yeah, but under, but un, yeah, that guy though that he's talking to, the under the underrated is that guy, uh, whoever he is, whether he's just an actor or a friend of Nolan or whoever it was, was great. And he's like, yeah. he's like, who is this guy, right? Because first of all, <laughs> that tells you though when he says that, there's so much meaning in that. It's like, how does this guy? Basically, what the guy's thinking is, how does he have this tank? This is like, this is like not just some random weirdo like taking out Bill. This is like a professional dude who is like, well, who is he, right? And then he's just like. He's not on a highway. He's jumping around on roofs. And it, that guy was great. He gave he he basically he painted such a picture of the first time that everybody started to get acquainted with what Batman is doing and how he's just it's it's a whole and, he, and Gordon says it at the end. He goes, "You really started something, man. Like this is a this yeah. is a very different Gotham that you have created within seconds." I I, I love in movies when it is done so subtly that the thoughts in our brains, someone is narrating. Cause that's what the scene feels like, bro. He just jumped on the roof. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you have that moment and what? there's someone in the movie, like what the, like just 100%. going on. Yeah. 100%. And that grounds it again, because you've yes. got an eye line into your experience. Like this movie does a really good job making it at an 11. Like it's almost our reality. Like Gotham itself. I love that on the literal surface is Chicago and other real cities, but then you go under into the Narrows. You literally go underneath the city, and there's the the scum and villainy of Gotham. And I, I think it's really 
really balanced with how you perceive Gotham from the outside. I love that Wayne Towers in the center because that's something a city would do. It allows for all the plot and elements. Like mm-hmm. it allows for that very James Bond uh, weaponized thing that's going to destroy everything. There's so much of Nolan's love for Bond in this, but it works in our world enough that it feels like Gotham's real. It does. And Tom Wilkinson, by the way, another British actor, plays a great Falcone um, and does and has the the accent down was was it was like it's it's not it's not supposed to be New York because it's Gotham, right? But it's got this, but it, ha- it has like this East coast feel to it and you buy it. And I love that scene when they flash back and they show right before Bruce Hall's ass out of town, that meeting he has with Falcone and Falcone basically tells him he calls his dad a punk more or less. Yeah. Right. And, and then yeah. what, what can Bruce do? He can't do anything. He's got to figure a way out. And instead of doing what, and I, and that, and that scene when, when his dad's what was the killer's name joe chill the killer chill so joe chill when joe chill kills and is that who kills him in the comic books too yes Mm. not the joker yeah which will be crazy which i like better this is better because i understand why burton did it and i i I get it but like but this it's it's that whole thing of like because he wants revenge and the revenge is taken away from him from the corruption that he's fight that he wants to fight against the corruption kills joe chill because talking and that whole and I love that they made it a mob hit like in yeah. real life there's yes. like you know those times where someone in the crowd runs up and they owe someone money and they, they kill the guy for yeah. like that was also it made Gotham way more believable and it allowed the whole Batman myth to feel attainable yeah and I love the horror scene when he first kind of shows up to Falcone and all of them when he's and they, and they got that where are you and who are you I'm here and the, oh the plucking out guys on the on the wharf is so that, good Dude, yeah. that very that very first one. Where are you? Here, huh? Like, yeah. Old, that, and that and speaking of horror, weird. like the scarecrow imagery, like I don't know how many hallucinations you guys do, but they captured the fear of like how when reality kind of warbles yeah. around you, and like there's that intense anxiety. It's really hard to make a visual out of something that has an emotion that's strongly connected to it, and that felt like fear on camera. It didn't. He also do that very well when he first inhabits that uh, the toxins when he's training with Ra's al Ghul and yeah, and, the flower. And, yeah and the flower and he's got it like they the way that they zoom in on the box and the training in the beginning which i don't want to leave out at all because that stuff is just incredible the stuff that he's doing when he's learning and Descartes, quote unquote is is training him and he realized you know, like and the way that it's all set up ken watanabe you because it's ken watanabe you you believe it's raz al ghul you know from the way there's that that- two great bait and switches there because ducard is a really cool character in the comic books that does train bruce wayne so all comic fans are like that's the guy and it would make like liam neeson would be a great ducard and yeah. then you've got the bait and switch of ken watanabe who would be a great comic book rachel ghoul so when you have those two get flopped and like that it was just such good writing there's like 10 mm-hmm. movies in this movie it was great and i think jonathan nolan wrote it i believe so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure and and the music by the way hans zimmer and james newton howard um so the, good so good and and even though you know i love and i said it in a few episodes that i do like when a when a hero has consistent music and i always love the danny elfman theme but that's not how it works so when you have a new franchise and you have to have a new like the music the way that it's set up and the way that you, like you can just hear it and my and i rewound it and geeked out about three times when watching it when the commissioner at the time is just like we don't have anybody else to send and then and and the and he comes flying across with the with the batmobile and you're like oh it is such a fantastic scene and all of it and i remember thinking when i first saw it i don't know how the whole water angle plays out if it if it 
if it ties in. And then after watching it this time, it actually really works. Uh, the the idea of taking those toxins, putting them in the water, and the cops are like, it's not going to do anything. you got to inhale it. And they're like, well, they stole this thing because they want to break down. And it's, it's an overall plan. It's It's what I love most about really all of these films, but especially this one, is batman always it's never what is on the surface it's never just oh falcone the mob boss is behind stuff it's like well oh the killer was actually tied to that and he's actually working with this doctor over here who happens to be scarecrow who is actually working for right. Rachel Ghoul in the league of shadows and it, it, that there's always pull pull the pull the thread pull the thread and it grows it. through these three films because mm-hmm. scarecrow and bane in the third film is a great payoff for all this exactly. setup because there's like an organization always behind it exactly and so that that's why even when you realize at first you're like they stole a microwave but who can why are we watching this right but something clicks in your brain where you're like well the water has to oh my god and because this one's so grounded they let the build of more and more theatrical like the end of this film is literally about escalation and the dark knight films escalate dark knight rises there's actually an alternate couple scenes in dark knight rises where they shot Scarecrow like yeah. the animated series with the stuff coming out of his hands and the full mask. Like they shot Killian Murphy as Scarecrow. I'm bummed they cut it because that suit looked awesome. But they also had at the very end, like the Arkham, um, the escaped inmates of Arkham, and they had like all the Batman robes right? rise up when Nightwing. Yeah, what's up? Because there was a, I remember a big trial. I remember here because the deleted scenes are on are are on YouTube, aren't they? For but we'll get we'll get so, to the third movie. We'll get to the yeah. Third. But it's cool that escalation allowed for this to feel like grounded yes. here and then go to that level. Well, I even like the idea how it all ties in. And as you were uh, as you were mentioning Winston with um with how everybody is kind of connected ultimately to, to Rajal Ghul, and it's because you know you have Falcone who you think is in charge, and then he's ultimately working for. For Scarecrow, who's ultimately working for Raza Ghul, and Raza Ghul, and and Scarecrow's his his uh, intentions, he thinks the intentions are very different from what they are, and it, it's whether it's because he is a criminal, is it was extortion, and where I, I always I say more or less like Thanos is Raza Ghul, where he they have this mission, they've been doing it for centuries, they want to take out. Um, gotham and then they just have these different ideals it's it's i don't know man this is a real i've I've always enjoyed this movie a lot but that's why i love these rewatches just because i i thought it was fantastic and something similar that i noticed that i liked in this one that they have we haven't seen so far in any of the batmans that we watched was when he's starting out before he gets that suit from morgan freeman he's doing the same thing spider-man did he's running around with the with just a just a ski mask on and that suit and that suit you know the spelunking suit from It's, I like that we don't have Bruce Wayne going like, I'm doing this by myself. Alfred's here to give me cake. You've got Alfred right. being a father figure and running everything and actually being the, the he's like the have second we, man. And then you've also got Morgan Freeman. Well, you even have the, the, the nod to the fact that there are multiple times where we, we always think of Batman being like invincible, even though he's like a dude. Right. But there are yeah. multiple times where Bruce gets in over his head and he is calling for Alfred. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and you, get this, you get this moment where he gets the first thing of fear talks and he is out of his mind and he's able to get oh. just enough away. Oh, Dude, Michael Caine's face in that scene, like that that protecting paternal fear. Oh, yeah. Like, great. Jesus, he's so good. Oh, Michael, Michael yeah. Caine. You said Michael Keaton. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Like the scene you. in the car in Spider-Man Homecoming yeah. with Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah, but when Bale, when you're talking about Coy, when Bale's in the back of the car, yeah, and he's yeah. and he's Batman, but he's Bale, and like but there's remember, so much duality. It's totally. I mean, he's he turns back into that little boy when he's on there. He's like, Alfred, help me. 
right? And he's just because yep. that's all he's had in his life. And you mentioned that humor earlier and how that humor works really well. One of the a line that works really good. There's two lines. It's like one he cracks the guy in the back of the head with the golf club. And he goes, "I hope you're not, part, hope of you're not part of the fire brigade." And, it was <laughs> and, and then he goes, "You do all these push-ups and you can't move this thing. Come on!" Yep. Oh, and I. Yep. I Love that. Let show it shows the character, shows him, it shows the, the the kind of camaraderie that they have. And 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 what it also does, what we haven't really talked about too much, is that you mentioned how Gotham is a character in this movie, but Wayne Manor is also a character in this movie from start to finish. And and the rebuilding the cave. But, the, but it's but it's Bruce though having this from when they show that scene when he says he wants to tear it down, right? Yeah. Then the juxtaposition towards yes. the end, where you think I want to build it back brick by brick, because yeah. he's yeah. now he's now come full circle because of and also the tutoring from Alfred. And Alfred's like, look, man, basically telling him you can do your thing, you can do your thing, you can run around, put on the suits, but you gotta keep up the facade, homie. You gotta be able yeah. to do, and, and you might have fun doing it, but go and do it. And then he's like, go to your party. There are people out there, and then. I, want, I don't know if they, they, don't, I don't think they ever address it when he tells all of them basically what he's really thinking of them all and they all leave to protect them. I guess they all forgive him because he's a billionaire, but he really oh, no, there's that newspaper that says like, uh, you know, how drunken far billionaire yeah. burns down. I, I know, you know the next movie, though, yeah. he's hanging. The next movie's hanging. It's, out but it, it's exactly that, dude. It's like he, he gets they get it. It's one of those things where A, he's a billionaire, and B, since he's always kind of put on that facade ever since his parents died, a lot of people are kind of like, well, poor brute. I mean, he's yeah, we a billionaire, let Jeff so- Bezos and Elon Musk destroy the actual planet, and they have friends. Uh, it, it, it's, 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 uh, well, he did lose his parents at a young age, and he does pay for our entire, you know, uh, the cotillion club. So I guess we're just going to have to deal with it. Probably what it is. I mean, yeah, he's just he, at, at that point, but he puts on the facade he, when he, when he walks in and he's like, I'm buying this hotel. He jumps in the pool. That, was, dude, dude, that Bruce dude. Wayne comedy. It's great. Hey, it's, sir, it's not about money. Well, I just bought this hotel. So I <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people don't think he's a good Bruce Wayne because you need to not just be Bruce Wayne when you're with Alfred and be the true self that's evolved through the training. You also need to be public Bruce Wayne, and both of those have to be different from yeah. Batman, especially with Katie Holmes saying the, the Katie Holmes saying the exposition out loud of like, hey. this is the mask. Yeah, that's what I love. We need two Bruces so that works. And if, I mean, I feel like Christian Bale is incredible. I, I do too, and I think that and and Rachel, I think that for uh, the other like Nicole Kidman didn't. I don't think she does. Does does she find out that he's Batman? I don't think so. Right? Everyone, everyone, but Ellie McPherson. Oh, so All, Kidman does know at the very end. Remember, she's the, she because uh, one you have her you have him tell her right as two face and riddler kidnapper, but then at the end he's like, "Do you save the love of Bruce oh, Wayne's why, life or Batman's why, sidekick?" Why in the world would he tell her? I wish I knew. Fine. Um, <laughs> but, but so, so she knows. Uh, all right, Nicole Kidman knows, right? Never mind. Everyone, uh, I'm, I'm thinking Al McPherson. That's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant, not Clooney. Um, so everybody knows, but the difference is, I don't think any of them needed to know, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe Vicky, Mickey, Vicky Vale. Okay, Vicky. Uh, I don't know Michelle Pfeiffer. I guess because of the. But I, I don't know. I just think this one to me made the most sense because of the way that they set up in the beginning of, of the movie, the relationship as children, the things that they had and the idea, even if she tells us, she tells him, she goes, this is who you are. And they're running around. There's the people that you're showing that you're scaring the piss out of. That's who you are right now. But the dude I fell in love with is gone. And that's cool. Maybe I'll come back. We'll, we'll see. And that ultimately sets up what happens in the dark night. So I thought it was it's it's they're, they're setting it up. And, and the arrowhead, man, like, what do you get a billionaire? Like, I love right. that she cared from that whole time. I love yeah. like there's so much under 
there's so much world building quickly. That's how this movie can be 10 movies. Well, that's why I do think, and I understand Nolan's gripe, and I'm glad that he had a gripe that Katie Holmes didn't come back, because even though I don't think she's the strongest actress in the film, I would have preferred, oh, like, Omar Epps is one of, I love Omar Epps, but I was bummed when he when he was playing Willie Mays Hayes in Major League Two, even though Major League Two stinks. Um, but anytime an actor gets replaced after the first movie, um, no matter how great they are, it's hard because you've you've already established that character and you have to then establish them again as a new actor. Because Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard couldn't be more different. So that's one that's it's tricky because I think of Rhodey as Don Cheadle. So now when I go back and watch the other way, Terrence Howard is like, because right. we had like 10 Rhodeys. That's the thing. I that's mean, the 10 thing. Rhodeys, Don Cheadle, Rhodeys. You know what I'm saying? And that's the difference is that even, but in Iron Man 2, you got to you got to separate right away. And and it's Iron Man. Two, if there was only two, two Iron Man movies or even three, you're like, oh, it was a little jarring. But because there's he's been in the movies like 10 of them or whatever it was yeah you're absolutely right don Cheadle to me is roadie and then and i don't oh, even think of ed norton when i look at the mcu even though that movie's no, canon because of the supporting characters yeah i know right exactly so but it is it's always jarring and there's always different circumstances as of why but um and and all of those circumstances all got really great actors to to carry over the role but either way um so much greatness in this movie it really is and i and i still put the dark knight as one of my favorite comic movies of all time. I haven't watched it in probably a few years, uh, so I'm looking yeah. forward to watching it again. I do like the setup. Uh, how much do you guys think, and you might know the answer to this question, they knew the plan of what they wanted to do for that second movie when they planted that um, card at the end with uh, with with the commission? Or um, with the- I, to my knowledge... I think I, I don't remember specifically what it was. It may have been Ledger's death, but I thought they had wrapped. I think everything was where they wanted it, with the exception of having to hastily bring in Two Face and kill him. I don't think that they, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Coy, that wasn't the game plan to immediately have him go um, uh, full Two Face. It was just supposed to be the setup, and then that was supposed to be more the third movie. But for some reason, it happened in the second. Am I wrong about well, no, that? No, because the there's scenes with Joker and and Two Face in the second. Like, no, 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 no. I I, I know that, but I thought that it was supposed to be like a we're teeing it up for then Harvey to be a major player in. of course it covers me of all of all all things but i i thought i i thought i remember reading somewhere that they were teeing up harvey to become two face it by the end of the movie and then he becomes like that major element in the third one but they did there there was talk of of they were gonna have heath joker in the third film as uh, a different element altogether yeah uh, mm-hmm. to my knowledge the the entire structure of dark knight remained because heath actually got to see that opening imax sequence they were finished with the filming like they were mm. the movie was done and shaped as is because mm. they had they had wrapped wrapped okay. uh and and i i like i'm really looking forward to talking about because heath's the reason i got into the entertainment industry so like there's so much stuff in that that got uh bad press uh, like Heath actually didn't OD. He had prescriptions from two different countries that they didn't mesh. And he just drowned in his own fluids in his sleep because he had pneumonia from filming Parnassus. So there's so many awful things that got carried away because the Joker was the role he was playing. And that, that character is so problematic because of its fandom. So like that movie had so many rumors about it that weren't true just because it's a Joker movie. So people right. were like making up myths. Um, but to my knowledge joker was supposed to be in the third things were supposed to accelerate obviously the line about us doing this back and forth forever 
was an implication of where it was going. Um, I think the big reason that Bane got brought in was because they wanted a mental psychological right. equal since they had lost the Joker. Right. But obviously they couldn't do any of the storylines they were going to do. And I also love that Nolan respects and loves Heath enough not to try anything yeah, like, no. like someone in Arkham or something that would have hurt. Right. No, it's, it, I thought the way that they set it up and then like we mentioned earlier where the other Batman movies from from Keaton, the first Keaton, second Keaton, all of them focused on the villains. It's OK for me. I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, obviously, it's it's regarded as one of the best movies of all time. But like Batman Begins um, focuses on Bruce. So that way, when you get to Dark Knight, it's OK to focus on the Joker as much because we because now we've we've we have that. We know the origin of Batman and it was set up very well. So now we're going to see his equal and how his equal kind of plays in. I, I would I would make the argument that the first movie and, and this is where when people are like, oh, it's the Dark Knight such a Joker, because I didn't realize that a number of people actually don't like the Dark Knight as like people put it as their third film out of the three which i'm really? kind of shocked Who is that? Uh, that, I, if you go on twitter i just happen to say in my opinion i think oh, there the you go. That's, your first, that's your first mistake no 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 but, I, but, on I twitter mean, even, but yeah. but i mean but like even mike kalinowski was like he prefers the begins and exhibit a. <laughs> exhibit a he's the he's the reason for this um, he had said he prefers uh, begins and rises over the Dark Knight, and so. But if you think about it, the first movie is about Bruce slash Batman. The second movie is about the Joker, uh, and then the third movie, honestly, is about Gotham. If we're if we're being yeah. real, it's really about Gotham and Bane just fully exposing Gotham to what it is. Yeah, like well, the first the first movie is about Bruce to establish it. The second movie is about the push. The third movie is about Gotham. Yeah, well, I would say Joker is the element that causes the push, but it's not even like yeah. Joker is the chaos element. And he's only in the movie for like 28. Like the runtime is actually very small compared to the screen. Like he has so much presence. You feel like it's more than Bruce, right. but he's actually in the yeah. movie a lot less than Bruce Batman. Interesting. So, you know, it's it's Winston texted us yesterday when we were getting excited. We were all it was so funny because you can always tell which we should start when it's good. <laughs> We should start screen sh uh, sharing our our text right before when somebody's watching. Even even when it's bad, like these little things that are happening as we're all rewatching it, and then it was just like, imagine like the best trip you could go to Vegas where everybody won. That's basically what our text exchange was yesterday about this movie. And Winston, we've said, been through so much together, so much. And Winston <laughs> said it. Winston was like, "This is just one of the greatest trilogies. It's like a really no one really puts it up there. It's a really good trilogy." And without this one setting up, because you know right away the way that this is set up. And remember, we've also talked about it. The, the budget, let's see what the budget was on this movie, because we've been talking about budgets on um, movies and box office mojo. And I'm going to see, I think it's probably, what did we say? It was like $130 million or something for this movie? It was something reasonable compared to the, the, the current world. Well, Mission it, Impossible 7 is $300 million. Yeah, all right. So Batman Begins... The budget for this movie. So I got. Let's see. It is. It was 150 million. So, and how much do you think this movie made opening weekend? Opening weekend, seventy-five. Winston. <sighs> opening weekend, uh, maybe only fifty. Good call. Forty-eight million. Um, it made forty-eight million. It made three hundred and seventy-three worldwide. Right. So that's that's an amazing amount of money to when you have a forty-eight million dollar opening. Shows you how different the business was back then because mm. it means that the what what it seems like happened on that opening weekend was people like no thanks for Batman because <laughs> of Batman and Robin. Right. And then 
then what happened with those people, those 48, for the people who spent that 48 million, like, no, dude, go see that movie. That's a, this is a different Batman. Repeat viewing, word of mouth. It's spreading like wildfire, not dumping movies onto streaming right away. This was 05. They didn't waste movies on streaming. Like HBO Max wasn't ruining the culture. Oh, stop. It's a crime. Stealing from my filmmakers. You don't have, you don't have have children. I don't have children. I made a choice to enjoy my life in cinema. (laughs) Winston just left. (laughs) Yeah, y'all could go ahead and have this. I ain't getting involved. <laughs> I, I am not. I am not involved. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man. It's like it's, I, I don't want. I mean, the the 30, 45 day window. We'll talk about it another time. But um, but but e- either way, this movie made this movie made um, three hundred seventy three million dollars worldwide. So and remember that one fifty. And even if it was two hundred fifty for marketing, and it's still. Almost two hundred million dollar profit, if you if you will, right? So, don't forget that the difference, though, the reason why the costs a lot of times these costs come from the big actors and stuff. Bale did not cost that much money back then. Yeah, this was post American Psycho. This was pre. Yeah. I mean, and that's an indie. Like American Psycho was a tiny budgeted indie. I'm also really like they auditioned a ton of actors, and I feel like Christian Bale is the reason why this Batman exceeded expectations. Like, it would have been good with that entire sporting cast, but Christian Bale is really Batman. Remember, man, he was floating around. He was floating around as Superman at one point. He was floating around for a lot. He was, he was in that Warner Brothers system. They wanted to put him in a big franchise for a very long time. Um, and then they... Yeah. I was just... No, I was just thinking, dude, because, like, it's not just that. The last thing of note uh that i'm looking at i guess maybe equilibrium but honestly was shaft 2000 bro you, like man, was, in, <laughs> so like six years now, yeah. now i wonder because they did deals differently back then so they probably were hesitant from signing him on for a second one so i bet you it, whether he, he signed on for the sequel or not i wonder how much they paid him for the second one but so the funny and we'll get more into the the box office of dark knight um next week but what's funny is that it, it, if it only it cost one eighty five to make, which is only what thirty five million dollars more. But how much do you think this movie, The Dark Knight, made internationally or worldwide? I think, I think it cleared a billion. It's, it's, it? it cleared it cleared Billy. It's like one point right. five. I think. And, that, and so reason, that's one of the best profits of all time. Yeah. Right, but but the reason why it's that's so relevant to um to Batman Begins is because it shows you the quality of what they produced. With this film, with the fact that, that because of the word of mouth, because of the repeat viewings, because of, oh, no, 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 no. This is the Batman we've been waiting for. I remember sitting, I saw it at like a screening. I was working, I, would, I wasn't doing schmoes yet, but I was I was working at Warner Brothers. And somebody said, hey, do you want to see the new Batman? It's it's like a week before it came out. right? And I'm like, yeah, all right. I remember thinking, yeah, all right, sure. And I remember I liked Bale and I and I liked, um and and I remember, and, and I was like, I knew that Nolan was doing and I love Memento. So I'm like, I'm curious. I'm curious. But I wasn't like I remember the, hearing that music of Zimmer and Howard and watching the, the Batmobile going on the roof. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like this is this is kind of the Batman I've always like thought of. This it's, this right. I would say and Spider-Man, the first one back then were and, and X-Men, those three. Yeah. Um, because I didn't I didn't catch Blade in theaters. I kept I caught Blade on VHS. So I missed the Blade theatrical window because I was like 12 and it was R-rated. Yeah. But this was one of those times that I was like, oh, the thing I love, other people love in a very public setting. Like hearing people cheer in the Batmobile scene, I was like, wait, I might be able to talk about comics. And now, you know, 15 years later, it's my job. But it's so cool to to 
not a lot of careers have moments that you remember forever as this is going to change things. And yes. Batman Begins is going to change things. Well, Winston, he made, so Nolan made comic book movies. I don't want to say cool because X-Men made him cool. There's a lot of time, other times, but he made it like real. He, he changed it. He did change the, the, the face of it and people, the way that people talked about it and that you can, I think within the studio system for sure mm -hmm. that you don't have to put, Jim Carrey in a question mark outfield uh, outfit and have him like dancing around and goofing around in order to make a successful comedy movie. You don't have to rely on a star. You can take the gritty stuff and you can make comic book movies serious and you can take those moments that, that why comic book fans in the first place really invested because there's this wrong perception of comic books that it's like, oh, well, it's just pictures and things. So you're if you're. Yeah. 30 years old 40 years old reading comic books and then you're, you're you're you haven't grown up yet and this was that no 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 there's so much stuff inside of comic books that you guys aren't understanding it's it's uh, what it what it feels like happened is it feels like nolan went and looked at a couple of things specifically and one of them ironically is the batman the animated series mm -hmm. uh whether he was looking at the mask of the phantasm or he was looking at some of the early like season one or season two episodes before it went it, it kind of had more of a kid camp feel as it went on. But some of those very first episodes of Batman the Animated Series is like gritty and real. And I think he saw that styling and he was like, I want to figure out how could this happen in the real world? And that became his focus the entire time. I mean, hell, the fact that he even focused on the philanthropy part of Thomas Wayne, which is a big deal, yeah. on the train and then made the train a central element of the film. Yes. He just, he found these through lines that made this such well, a human realistic story. You gotta give props to John Nolan. And critics dug it. Like that was the oh, thing. Yeah. It was like, this is an Ebert and Roper two thumbs up. People back then were like, oh, what did, what did Siskel and Ebert think? What did Ebert and Roper think? That was like a part of it. To get those people who hated comic book movies onto its side was a huge asset. Right, so great, so great point to make here, Koi. So what do we guess? The, the Batman and Robin tomato meter what was 42 oh, 20s for, for is this for so this is for critics not for audience but for 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 critics so you you say 40 try 12 wow. 12 okay so now now we go now we go Batman begins and what do we think Batman begins uh, 91 course so is 91 Winston where five Winston's on fire today, 84%. Audience score for Batman. Box Begins. office and RT scores, Winston. <laughs> hey, man, favorite trilogy of all time. Maybe I don't want to play him this mode And you shouldn't, but this is the number. <laughs> this, is, this is the number for audience that is really important and the reason why that 48 million turned into like three or 400 million, whatever it was. 94% from audience. Wow. 94%. Wow. That's 250. I'll tell you in a second. So Batman Begins those reviews at 84 percent 287 reviews okay wow. the audience score two hundred fifty thousand ratings so if that tells you anything uh now as far as see the dark knight the dark knight what do you think the dark knight is uh critics it's got to be in the 90s i would say maybe a 93 i'm gonna go a little higher 96 winston again 94 percent and, Let's go. And audience score though the exact same at ninety four. Wow, that's that's rare. This it makes so much same. money. 
it made so much money and you got an Oscar out of it. There was no way that it wasn't. That. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I love the full body jiggle. Like I want to be that happy. That is. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's and, and what he's doing now, when I take him on walks, so for those audio listeners, we, we got the dude in here and he, oh, you stop pig. And he, and he, you know, when he walks now, he sees people and he just, he's, he doesn't have a mean bone in his, in his body, but what he does is he screams. He just he he'll be walking down the block. Yo, he's always making a face when you do it. <laughs> Dude, he's just Yo, there's no bones. Bro, he's a chunk now. Look at him. Yeah, he's a beast. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Oh he's very God. photogenic, too. I gotta tell he you. He is. He looks good in camera. Dude, I love I love little pugs and puggles and stuff like that. I just know that they have such breathing issues just because of their breathing. Like, does he does he sound like he's always doing sleep apnea when he's wide awake? He's like, okay he like- right now. I mean, he's okay right now because he's only like seven or eight months, but they do get okay. that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like you got to think of the timing of this movie. This was 05. So this was yeah. uh, X Men: The Last Stand. This was <laughs> Spider Man right. Three. Right, this right. Was, things weren't going well, great. Spider Man Three was 2007. But so, like, sorry, in this range, so post Spider Man two, pre Spider Man three, but like, comic book movies weren't regarded. No, no, no. It was the, it was, it was like the champ, right? It was, it was, it became, it started to to switch it up. I mean, even even Spider Man two, which I know we've had our debates about it. It's it's got a lot of camp in it. You can't really deny that. There's some great moments in it, but but this movie is just, it just, it's a different. It's it shows you, and that's exactly why the Dark Knight got to it. It showed you that if movies are done this way. You could be in a. You could start talking Academy Awards. That's interesting because begins 05, 06, I think's last stand. 07, Spider Man three. 08, Dark Knight. So this is like yeah. Marvel's drowning while DC's thriving. Yeah, the MCU doesn't. Well, it starts. It starts. The MCU starts in 08 because of this. 08, movie, I right. I think it comes out. Reason we got Iron, Iron Man, Man comes out it, first, doesn't it? Iron Man drops before it comes out in May of 08, right. and people are like, "Whoa, right?" right. And right. then, but then the funny thing is, we still revere Iron Man and we we give it its props, but nobody, if you think of it in terms of 08, nobody gives a shit because yeah. of what the Dark Knight does. Um, you, you, it's it still was the champion of the. I mean, that's the movie that had all the hype behind it. it just happened that that it, it's just an iconic. It's an iconic year for the MCU because of, of it dropping. But yeah, it was. It, the dark knight for so many different reasons but it was oh and and hulk was that year too yeah i was gonna it? say both and then the hulk quietly year? came out three months later like <laughs> and one day we'll talk about that too because that's if the if hulk drops at a different time and it wasn't one of the first ones out the gate it does much better than it did i happen to really love that movie so oh, I, i'm a big I like fan it. of norton hulk. Like and it. the norton hulk sequel script is is some of the stuff they talked about those ideas are some of the best i've heard from yeah them, I, but. Think, I think that's why they're also shy about doing another one that's why they're probably cover more of that in She-Hulk, but that's a different show. MCU rewatch. Let's do it. 34 properties. Oh my God. We'll be, well, well you guys will be getting paid for a long time. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's smart. I like what you're doing there. I uh, was right there. Just the guys want to do two a week. Let's do two a week. Let's dance. Ooh, let's do a week. We'd be able to do like four a week for like five years. All right. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the Batman begins. It was really, really good. And, and why didn't we start with this one? I wish I knew. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so we do remember for those people who are wondering, yes, Mask of Fantas. Uh, you know what? Actually, this is not a bad idea. Maybe after the Batman for March. No, for March. Why don't we do because we don't. So February, we, we just put out the thing exclusive for Patreon. I've never seen Mask of Phantasm. So, <gasps> yeah, Dude. so oh, why, you're gonna love it. why don't we do that for the march um rewatch and the three of us can do that for patreon 
It's incredible. Yes, happy it's to. Right, very, very good. That, that's what we'll do. So that because people have been asking for us to do that because we can't cover everything because the the Batman is coming up really, really soon. We will be doing a spoiler. <laughs> bless you. Bless you. Spoiler heavy episode on this show, like we did for Spider Man. So that will happen. The good news: ninety five percent sure that this this is the Dark Knight. We will be doing back in studio. So that's. That's the uh, that's the go next. So next week we're hoping to get this back in studio, and we'll start kind of gradually doing um, doing big thing episodes in studio from now on. I got Uncharted. I'm going to see next week, so we'll we'll have that review up. Don't forget, please check out the Freddie Stroma interview. Uh, if you're Peacemaker fan, you should check that out for sure. Show a little class, will you? Subscribe and hit the notification button. Just announced. It's all we're asking for. And don't forget about the Patreon. The links in the description and podcasts everywhere. Podcasts are. Please go and do that. And for Winston Marshall, Winston A. Marshall, Corey Jandrew, and me, myself, this is the show. I wish I knew. Why you weren't subscribed already. And here we go. Let us get down and dirty to the intro, the outro, whatever this is. Peace out, Mother Fs. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.